Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Genesis chapter 4, reading from verse number 3. The Bible tells us that in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruits, firstborn of his flock and of, the, and of their fats. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. And he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now from this verse of scripture, the Bible tells us that there were two offerings that were offered. Two different people, two given two different offerings. One was offered by Cain, the other was offered by Abel. The Bible tells us that Abel's offering was accepted and the, the, the offering of Cain was not accepted. The question is why? Why was the, why was the offering of Cain, uh, of, of Cain rejected and the offering of Abel accepted? Why? Why did the Lord Almighty choose to accept one and fail not, and refuse to accept the other one? If you go to Joshua chapter 6, Reading, you know, the, the, we read it from reading from verse number eighteen. The Bible gives us instruction as to what how Joshua was going to fight the battle of Jericho. The Lord Almighty went on to tell him that when eventually won that when they eventually won the victory, when they eventually win uh, win the, the land of uh, the, the, the win the victory over Jericho, he gave them instruction as to what they are supposed to do with the spoils, with the things that they get from that from that war. In verse number eighteen, the Bible says. And you, by all means, abstain from the accostings, lest you become accost when you take of the accostings and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Verse number 19. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and the vessels of iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Now, from this part of the scripture, the Lord is telling Joshua, you are going to fight Jericho, and you are going to win. And when you win, there is going to be the spoils of war. When you have that spoils of war, make sure you do not take any of them for yourself. What I want you to do is to take the gold that they find there. You take the treasures of gold and silver, of iron and bronze. Take them and take them to the treasury. The question is, why is the Lord telling the people not to touch the spoils of war? Normally when soldiers go to war and they fight and they win, they are expected to take that spoils and take it with them. But the Lord is saying that don't take it. The only thing I want you to take from that place is the gold and the silver and the iron and the bronze and take it not for yourself, but take it to the house of the Lord. The question is why? Why was Israel instructed to take the gold of Jericho to the treasury of the house of God? And the reason for this contradictory statement, the Lord accepting uh, Abel and rejecting Cain, the Lord telling uh, telling Israel, don't take the gold, sorry, don't take anything for yourself, but take the gold and take it to the house of God. All these things that appear contradictory, that is what we want to be talking about. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. That's what we want to look at this morning. And that is what we're, that's what we're talking about this morning, the principle of the first fruit, or the first fruit principle. Since the beginning of the month, we have been talking about the covenant blessings of prosperity. 
In our studies, we are focused on different kinds of principles. We've talked about the principle of stewardship. We've talked about the principle of uh, the seed principle. We've talked about the principle of tithing and offering. And today, we are rounding up that particular series. And like I told you about two weeks ago, I said that today we are rounding it up and we are going to be giving what is called the first fruit redemption offering. Where we are supposed to redeem all what we are supposed to do at the beginning of the year. We are doing it in the middle of the year to redeem what has been in the past and to pray, you know, and to put the blessing of God upon what is coming for, uh, forward. So today, we are rounding up the series and we are looking at the first fruit principle. Now, the question is, why are we talking about this particular principle? We're talking about this principle because it is a principle that is found all throughout the scriptures. Okay? It's a principle that is found all throughout the scripture. And we're talking about it because it's a principle that is often not talked about in the church. When we talk about prosperity, in most cases we only talk about tithe, we talk about offering, we talk about seed principle, but we don't go into detail of talking about the first foot principle. So that's why we're talking about it. Number three, we're talking about it because it is a principle that is easily misunderstood. A lot of people talk about you know the, the, the seed principle, but they do not you know they do not fully understand the real meaning or the import or the importance of the say you know, the, the, the first fruit prayer principle. The, talk, the fourth reason why we're talking about it is because many find it very hard to accept. When you're talking about the first fruit principle, many find it very hard to accept. How can you tell me that all the money that I make in a week or all the money that I make in a month, I'll just come and give it up? How do I pay my bills? How do I take care of my other responsibility? These are very difficult principles to be able to you know to be able to accept so that's why most people don't talk about it the principle is uh, the, the reason the, the reason we're talking about it is because the principle that uh, some believe that this particular principle is for in the old testament it doesn't apply to those of us who are in the new testament now before i go deep into this particular story i just want to let you know that and say to the people who believe that this principle does not belong in the new testament i want them to understand that one thing is this the laws of God are not curses. Okay? Many people say that we are not under the law, we are not under grace. The Old Testament was not supposed to be a curse. The Old Testament was how God dealt with his people. Okay? So the laws of God are not curses. The laws of God are the code that God uses, you know, is God's code of immutable and unchanging principle woven into the fabrics of the way God operates. Okay? So the laws of God are not curses. They are what he uses to order his creation. Okay? The laws of God are code of God's immutable and unchanging principle woven into the fabric of God's creation to bless his creation. And what does that mean? What that means is that if you are walking, the only reason, you know, the laws of God is that when you throw something up, it comes down. Alright? That is the law of gravity. It is not a curse. It is a law. The reason you will appreciate this particular law is that when you take a drink of water like this, okay, and you take it, if the law of gravity is not in operation, you know what happens? The water will go to your nose. Because the water will not go down. It will go up. If the law of gravity is not in existence. So the laws of God are not a curse. They are what God uses to order his universe. And he uses it to order his universe so that he can bless his people. The law of friction is not a curse. It is so that he can hold you in place. If there is no friction, I will just keep moving. And that's why people cannot live in space. Because there's no friction. The point I'm making is that the laws of God are not a curse. So when people say that we are not living in the Old Testament, they assume that everything in the Old Testament is a curse. That's not true. When the only time the laws of God becomes a curse is when you ignore it. Okay? When you ignore the laws of God, it becomes a problem. When you undermine the law, it becomes a problem. And that is why if somebody goes on a high tower and jump out of that place, that's why they break their leg. Because we are undermining the laws of the Almighty God. You get the idea? So the principle, the principle, 
the fact that the principle is in the Old Testament and we now live under grace does not mean that we ignore or disregard the laws of God. So while it is true that we are no longer under the Old Testament we must, and that we are under grace, we must not forget that the purpose of grace, what is the purpose of grace? The purpose of grace is to help us live and do the things that God wants us to do. That is the purpose. And that's the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8. If you read from verse 4, the Bible tells us that Jesus came that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. The law is supposed to drive us to Christ, not for us to ignore it. Alright? Jesus did not come so that we can altogether dismiss the law. And if you read Romans chapter 3 from verse 31, you will see that the Bible says, do we nullify the law by faith? He said, no. We uphold the law by faith. So those who are saying that, you know, those who hold the, uh, the, the, those who are of the opinion that uh, uh, because it is an Old Testament principle we should not operate today, they are simply ignoring the fact that not everything in the Old Testament is a curse. Okay? So you see, the fact that now we are under the, we are under grace does not mean that you ignore the principles that are in the Old Testament. So I said all that to say this. The principle of first fruits is relevant and applicable regardless of the dispensation that you live. Whether you are in the Old or in the New Testament, the principle still applies. The same way, whether you live here in the U.S. or you live somewhere in Africa or you live somewhere in Asia, the laws of gravity applies to all. It doesn't matter. The law of gravity does not discriminate. So, regardless of how which dispensation you live, the law of uh, the principles of first fruit is applicable. The reason is because the principles of the first fruit is God's way of running the financial affairs of his kingdom. Okay? If God wants to bless you, if God wants to take you from where you are to where you need to be, he uses the simple principle of the law of first fruit to be able to be, to be able to take you, you know, to, to be able to bless you financially. Which means that if you want to participate in God's financial system, if you want to benefit from God's blessings, if you want to tap into God's blessings, you first of all need to understand how He operates, and then you need to obey the principles that He has set in place. Number two, the, the, you know, the reason why we are doing what we are talking about, why this law is important, is because the first fruit principle is the principle of putting God's first in all things. In other words, this issue of first fruit is not just about the money. It's about your attitude. It's about your relationship with the Almighty God. He's saying, put God first in all things. In other words, the first principle is saying, God has the first place in my life. The first principle is saying, God has the first priority in everything that I do. The principle of first fruit is saying, God has the first dip in my finances. The principle of first fruit is saying, God has the preeminent place in the way I distribute my resources. That's basically what it's saying. And that is the same thing is in line with what the scripture teaches. Exodus 20, reading from verse number 2, the Bible tells us, I am the Lord. I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse number 3. Thou shalt have no other God before me. In other words, God is saying, I am number one. And I must be first in your life. In other words, you cannot have me and then several others. You cannot have me and then bow down to other people. I am number one and I want to int- and I intend to remain number one in everything that I do. I am God. I must be number one in your life. That's basically what the Lord is saying. And that is the basis of the first food principle. That God is number one in everything in your life. Especially in your finances. It is not about collecting offering. It is about your priority in the way you order your life. So what is the first food principle? 
The first fruit principle, number one, is the principle of divine precedence, which means God comes first. The principle of first fruit is number two, the divine ownership. You recognize that God owns everything and you are giving it back unto Him. The principle of first fruit is basically the principle of divine appropriation. In other words, these are the things that God has given to me. I am taking that which belongs to God and I'm giving it back to Him. This same principle is in operation in this state here. Before you collect your money, you work very hard. Before you get the money every week or every two weeks or every month, depending on how you are paid, Uncle Sam gets his own. That is the principle of American appropriation. He has to get his own money. If he doesn't get his own money, you have seen people who have gone to jail because of that. So the principle of first fruit in the scripture is the principle of divine appropriation. Number four, it's the principle of divine positioning. In other words, when you begin to have people that you are going to give the money to, number one, God comes first. That's what the principle is saying. Don't do everything and then eventually say, okay, oh, God, I I think I still have something less. Do you take this? That's nothing. The Lord is saying that if you are, the, the principle of first fruit is saying is divine positioning. God has to take the preeminence. The principle of divine of uh, first fruit also talk about the, the principle of divine dependence. In other words, I am depending upon the Almighty God. That Father, as I give you this, I'm depending upon you to be faithful to your word and to bless me and to return unto me. It is the principle of activation. What that means is that as I respond to God's, to God's command, as I obey His command, I trust Him to do what? To respond to me and to release His blessing into my life. It's a, it's, a, it's a principle of divine activation so that when you open up, when you release the Lord God Almighty, it triggers the release from heaven and it begins to flow into your life. It's also the principle of faith. It's a principle of faith. Because we are saying, I have not seen God already do what He's saying. I'm only trusting His word. And because I trust His word, I'm willing to take the necessary action to get the process started. That's basically what the, the principle is all about. And that is why, from the verse of the scripture we read in this morning, that by Genesis chapter 4, when Cain and Abel presented their offering to the Lord, that was why God accepted one and God rejected the other. I want you to go back to that chapter again. Genesis chapter 4. If you start reading from verse number 3, the Bible says that in the process of time, stop there. Which simply means that Cain was doing whatever he was doing. And as he was doing and getting busy doing whatever he was doing, a time came. He remembered, oh, I'm supposed to give offering to God. The Bible says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. In other words, Cain was offering when God, when Cain got to it. Cain offered something when Cain remembered, oh, there was a need for me to give offering. Cain brought what when he had time. When Cain remembered, okay, that's when he had time. He had been busy doing whatever he was doing. And so, oh, it's time for me to go. So he went ahead and did it. Cain, you know, Cain brought an offering after he had taken care of other stuff. That was going on in his life. When he decided, that is when he decided to bring an offering. When he had the leftovers, when he has really taken care of himself, taking care of his family, taking care of his uncle, of his, uh, of his, uh, of his, of, his, of the people around him, or the people who are owing him money. When he has really taken care of all that, what is left over? That was what King brought. The Bible says, in the process of time, that is when he had done every other thing, he remembered God. He brought an offering. He decided to give God what he would not miss. He decided to give God what is you know, what will not affect his bottom line. And since God was not a beggar, God said, okay, thank you very much, but you can keep it. Alright? Thank you, but no thanks. In other words, if you think I'm important, you are not going to wait to the last minute before you give me something. If you think I am important, you are not going to settle other people before you remember. Also, oh, I'm God, I'll take this. And we do that every time. You get the check, 
It comes in. You write a check for the house. You write a check for this. You write a check for that. You write a check for that. And then, oh, I'm going to church. I have to pay time. Oh, God, you know it's not enough. Well, just take this one. Okay? And we do that. I'm not saying that you should not take care of other people. I'm only saying that the priorities have been upside down. And that was what happened to Cain. And when God looked at what Cain, God said, no, Cain, you cannot, you cannot treat me like this and expect me to accept it. It's not okay for you to treat me like this. So keep your offering. But if you look at verse number 4 of that same chapter, the Bible tells us that Abel, look at verse number 4, Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. In other words, as soon as that particular animal, as soon as his flock gave back, Abel took that thing and gave it to the Lord. Okay? Abel put God, you know, he, he, he put, he, he put uh, what God, God uh, in, in the number one position. In other words, Abel taught, you know, Abel taught him. Before Abel taught anything in his, in his flock, before he began to kill his, uh, his animal, before he began to share his animal, before he began to train his animal, he took that particular firstborn and gave it to the Almighty God. Before Abel did any other thing, he took the firstborn of his flock. In other words, he gave his very best. He put God in the first place. Okay? Abel gave God the first position. He surrendered to God the very first thing that came into his hand. Even when he had no idea that those things, that, they, that is, uh, what do you call it? That is, uh, that his animals will continue to produce. He did not even know these animals will continue to produce. He just gave it. The Bible makes us understand he gave of the first form. So you see why God responded to Abel differently. Okay? Why God responded to Abel differently and looked at Cain and said, Cain, you know, and I did not accept it. God's response to man who recognizes and respects him was definitely going to be different from the man who just remembered God when he felt like, when it was convenient. And that is why the offering of Abel was accepted and the offering of Cain was rejected. And the same reason that God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering is the same reason why God told Joshua, do not take of the accustings of Jericho. Okay? Don't take it. But take the gold and take it to the house of God. It is because God must be first in all things. Israel was forbidden from taking that particular accosting, taking the loot in in Jericho because Jericho was the very first battle, first major battle. That Israel fought when they were going into the promised land. It was the first battle. And the victory from that particular battle belonged to the Almighty God. It didn't belong to the people. Okay? Because they didn't do anything. All they did was just march around the beach, march around the wall, march around the wall. And they shouted and they fell down. It was God that fought the battle. The victory belonged to the Almighty God. The people had no right taking their, putting their hands in the loot because they were not the ones who fought the battle. The battle belonged to the Lord. The victory belonged to the Lord. And because God must take the first position, God said, take the gold and the silver, the iron and the bronze and take it into my treasure. Take it into my treasury, I mean. And the same reason was why Elijah, when Elijah saw that widow of Seraphite, and Elijah knew that this woman needed an increase in her life, Elijah said, this pot of oil and this particular flour that you have, before you do any other thing, make me cake first. As soon as that woman released that first meal to God, it triggers the release of God's blessing and provision in his life. In other words, we are saying, I am depending on you, God. I trust you. You will not just eat my cake and let me die of starvation. You will not do me. You will not put me in a tight corner. God, when you release the first thing in your hands, into the hands of God, God become obligated to bless you. That's this, it's a very simple principle. So you see, it is not just about money. 
It is not about money. It's not about the offering that you are giving. It's about how you live your life and how you relate with the Almighty God. That is what the first principle, first fruit principle is all about. God wants to be first. God wants to be the best. God wants to take the preeminence. God wants you to be able to give that which is important and precious to you. And that is what the first fruit principle is all about. If you read the book of Matthew chapter 6. In from verse number 23, the Bible tells us that it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything will be added to you. In other words, unless you put God first, every other thing you are pursuing is a waste of time because you are reversing the order. Okay, you are reversing the order. The order has to be God first, every other thing follow, and that is how the kingdom that's how the kingdom works. That is how the kingdom works. Now, if you take a closer look at your own life, just take a closer look. Just imagine for a second. How do you respond to people who treat you like special people? How do you respond to somebody who loves you? Who takes you, who makes you, who, 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 who is always thinking about you? Who is always mindful of you? Who is always doing something to make you better or to increase your ability? You know, who is always putting you first in their life? How do you respond to that person? Okay? We all know the answer. You all know how you respond to people who like you. Or who, t- who treats you special? Do you know? Do you, you do everything to respond to their? You know, you do everything to be able to meet them at the point of their needs. You are responsive to their to their to their need. You are responsive to their request. You are attentive to their need, and you even give them attention beyond what the attention they give to you. Why? Because they put you first. Because they are special to you. You see a husband that loves his wife and does everything for the wife. If the wife is a normal human being. Okay, normal human being that doesn't need to take medication. You will find out that that woman will respond to the man accordingly. If you see a woman that loves the wife, that loves the husband very well, and the man is not the kind of person that we, you know, there are some people we call origi, you know, those kind of people. If that man is not like that, what you will find is that they will respond accordingly. If people put you first, you treat them differently. If people don't treat you, people treat you like trash. You don't want to be around them. It's the same thing principle with the Almighty God. If you walk with God, God will walk with you. If you don't walk with Him, God will not force Himself on you. God is a perfect gentleman. So please understand the first the principle of, of first fruit is basically your relationship with the Almighty God. God is the same way. That is why the first fruit principle works best when you have the right attitude towards God. When your attitude towards God is the right attitude, you'll find out that whatever you bring into the house of the Almighty God, the Lord respects it. Number two, when you honor and respect the Almighty God, whatever you present before Him is acceptable before Him. When you are a good steward of God's resources, whatever you present before Him, it is acceptable before Him. When you walk with God in faith, whatever you present before Him is acceptable before Him. When you obey His command, whatever you walk with, whatever you present before Him is acceptable to Him. When you are great for his blessings. Whatever you present before him is acceptable for him. It is not magic. Walking with God is not magic. The prosperity in the kingdom of God is not magic. It's you understanding how the principles of the kingdom work. And one of the basic principles of the kingdom is the the principle of the first fruits. Put God first in your life. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you say out of your mouth is God, I'm grateful. Before you go to bed, you say, I am grateful. You give him the time or you give him the time he deserves. You communicate with him. You release your resource into his care. You commit everything into his hand. When you do that, what happens? God responds. 
Because God is not that crazy human being who says, oh, this one doesn't matter, he's disturbing me. No! God responds. If you don't understand any of this concept, I tell you, my brother, it will be very difficult for you to practice the principle of the first fruits. If you don't understand it, you will miss out of the blessings of God. So why does this principle work? Why does this principle work? Why does this principle have so much power? Why is this particular principle very important? Number one reason. It is important because it's the principle that upon which the kingdom of God operates. God owns everything. And when God is in the first place in your life, everything falls in place. When, everything, when God is in the first place in your life, everything falls in place. When God is not in the first place in your life, everything falls apart. Okay? So, that is the first reason. The principle of the kingdom, it is the principle upon which the kingdom operates. Number two, why is it important? Okay? Why is it important? It is important because it is the principle that runs the principle of harvest. In other words, you cannot harvest unless you release what is in your hand. Have you seen a farmer that did not plant and went into his his farm and reaped something? It's not possible. You and I know that. You cannot reap what you have not sown. Except, of course, if you have a gun and you put it on somebody's head. That's a different story. But the point is that the the, the first fruit principle is important because it is the principle of harvest. Number three, it is important because it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. God is saying, give me your first fruit. And you responded and you gave it. When you gave that particular first fruit, what happened? God is now challenged to respond. When you give to a king, okay, when you give to a king, you challenge the king to respond. Many of us who grew up in America may not not understand that particular principle of kingship because we grew up in a democracy. But for those who grew up in a place where there is a king, if you go and you present something to a king, Number one, you challenge that particular king to respond. And that is what the first fruit does. It challenges the faithfulness of God. It challenges God to respond to your particular need. When you give to a king, it challenges the king to respond. And that is why the Bible says that you should not appear before the Almighty God empty-handed. You should not. You and I know in our relationship, in our interpersonal relationship, if you, if you see somebody... Every day you are going to the office, you are bringing a coffee and donuts. Or you are taking somebody to the, or you are taking, not because you want something from that person, but you are just being nice to the person. You are just being nice to the person. If something shows up in that office that has your name on it, do you think that person will forget? No way. They will not forget. The reason is because you have prepped the way. You have challenged the person to respond to your kindness. That is what this thing does. Number four, the first food principle is important because it taps into the glory of the Almighty God. Because the glory of a king is the king's ability to outgive his subject. You go to the king and you give the king, maybe you give this king the king Torah. The king looks at you and says, Thank you very, very much. And by the time you are done, the king will not give you something like this. The king will show you that I am the king, so he will give you something more than what you gave him. That is a it's a simple principle. So the glory, you tap into the glory of God when you release that first thing that is in your hand. You are telling God, this is what I brought to you. God say, good, I appreciate it. By the time God wants to give it back to you, he will double it. And that's what happened when, he, when Bathsheba came to visit Solomon. Bathsheba brought all our good stuff. But when Solomon was about to bless Bathsheba, he doubled all the things that Solomon that, that gave to Bathsheba to show Bathsheba that he is a greater king and much more God. When you give to God, 
you tap into the glory of the Almighty God. Because the glory of the king is to show his subjects that he is a greater king. That he can outgive king. And that is why it is not possible for you to outgive God. Not possible. When you give God with a bucket, the Lord will release a truckload for you. When you give God with a small hose, He takes the fireman hose and He opens it up on you, upon you. He unleashes the windows of heaven. Look at the book of Red. Book of Malachi chapter 10. Malachi chapter 3. He said, give, bring the saw house and then I will open the windows of heaven. So you cannot outgive God. That is why you see you hear people say, when you give, it shall be given unto you. It taps into the glory of the Almighty God. And finally, the first food principle is important because it attracts the attention of the Almighty God. If by the time you get home today, there's a little boy that lives on your street, and that boy comes and gives you a big food, leaves you a big, uh, big uh, what do you call it, banana bread in front of your door, okay? You come and say, who did this? He puts his name, little Johnny. You say, good, little Johnny. Next time when you're walking in the evening and you see little Johnny riding his bike, you will notice little Johnny. Why? Because he left banana bread in front of your house. It's not because you have never eaten banana bread before. It's not because you have never seen it before. It's not because that is the most delicious banana. It's just the thought behind it. When you give to the almighty God, you attract God's attention. When you give to the king, you call the king's attention to yourself. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.